All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Gentlemen, to episode number 17 of the Daily Face Off podcast. We've got a bit of a special episode today. Uh, with me are two of the co hosts from the Wings Wing Wheel podcast, which is now the official podcast of the Wings Nation, which I'm proud to say I'm a contributor to. Um, Dylan and Biebs will be with me in the second half of the show, um, but I had to bring a couple fellow Red Wing fans onto the show because I've been gloating about the Red Wings all season long. So it's about time to get some Red Wing talk in. So with me uh, today is Ryan Hanna. How's it going, Ryan? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. No problem. And Evan Lobsinger. How's it going, Evan? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, my other two co-hosts usually get on me pretty good about... I've been talking about Dylan Larkin nonstop all season long, and uh, they'll probably be pretty annoyed by this episode. They're probably pretty upset right now that the first half of the whole show is going to be about the Red Wings, but uh, it's it's good news for me. I mean, they've been on a tear right lately, so they're uh, a little more fantasy relevant than they were in the start of the year. So um, it's probably a pretty good time to be talking about them. So um, I guess I'll just start with having you guys tell our listeners kind of who you are uh, and what the podcast is all about, how long you guys have been doing it. So uh, whichever one of you guys wants to start, go ahead. Yeah, I Ryan, want to go? <laughs> yeah, I'll kick it off. Uh, yeah, so like, uh, like you mentioned, my name is Ryan. Uh, with us is Evan, uh, and we actually have another co-host of the Wing Reel podcast, Brad Crisco. Uh, we started about a year ago. Um, we're three Wings fans up in the Kitchener-Waterloo area in Ontario, actually, uh, which is uh, Leafs Pretty, territory. Yeah, you guys are based out of the wrong area, I guess. Hey, you guys probably, uh, you're all alone up there. Yeah, we're aliens. We're uh, a few <laughs> dots of red in a, a sea of blue. Uh, so we we all were just kind of like-minded. We wanted to put together a show all about the Wings. Uh, so we've been doing it, and it, it kind of blew up in a, in a bigger way than we expected. So uh, once a week, every Tuesday, usually we come on, uh, we talk about everything wings, uh, NHL related, any hockey related news, and uh, basically goof off on there. And for whatever reason, people like listening to us. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of mind boggling to see we got like 100 listens in the first 24 hours, and that was beyond our expectations. So it's been fun so far. Yeah, it's good. I, I was telling you guys kind of pre-show that uh, not too long ago, I was looking at maybe doing a Red Wings podcast because, I mean, working for the Wings Nation, there was all the uh, Canadian teams. There wasn't any Red Wings outlet, so I was looking to kind of try to attack that market, and I went and looked to see what other Red Wings podcasts were out there, and you guys were already doing it and doing a good job. So I was like, you know what, I'll just let them uh, I'll let them <laughs> handle it, and maybe I'll get in there one day. But uh, it's good. No, you guys are uh, welcome to the Wings Nation. I was pretty excited when uh, they kicked it off, and I was glad to see you guys got brought on. So hopefully uh, – 
the four of us can help make the Wings Nation as big as you know the Leafs Nation and all those other websites. Yeah, man, we're actually so pumped about that. That's our goal, just to uh, blow by Leafs Nation, see what we can do about that. Yeah, I mean, like our team's been blowing by them on the ice for years. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the uh, the blogosphere, we can blow by them as well. But um, So how long have you guys been doing the Winged Wheeled podcast? Uh, um, what's it been? What have we done, 54 episodes now? Yeah, 54, 55, yeah. We actually just passed our one-year anniversary without even realizing it. We didn't realize <laughs> it. No, which is stupid, but... Hey, it, it happens, but uh, I was listening to your guys' show from Tuesday there. It seems like you guys got quite a good, uh, like a very dedicated viewership, which is always nice. Yeah, it's uh, we basically used uh, Reddit, like the Red Wings subreddit, as an outlet to start, and with that came a very, uh, like you said, very dedicated group of listeners. We They know us by name, we know them by their usernames now. They're a little wacky, and they uh, <laughs> they make it interesting for us, but it's really cool to have that, actually. Yeah, it's fun. I know like this is the first podcast I've ever done, and it's nice to actually see the same people kind of come back and interact with you every week. And uh, it's different, right? You kind of almost feel like a, like a bit of a celebrity when they call you. Like, oh, like you know, you're my favorite on the show, or you were an idiot. Sometimes getting called an idiot is kind of fun. <laughs> it, it was really weird when Brad and I went to a Red Wings game and we met up with some people because they wanted to get pictures with us, and that was that was very strange. But it was whatever. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's not something I'm used to, but uh, we our community is fun, and uh, they're just as crazy as us. So it's been a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hopefully you guys can bring some of those guys over from, you know, just listening to you guys, and then they'll be able to read some of your guys' stuff and some of the other writers we have over at Wings Nation. So, I mean, you guys probably got us off to a nice little start there. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, it's just as good for us as it is for uh, you guys. We're the yeah. same team now. Yeah, totally beneficial. But uh, I guess we should jump into a little bit of fancy hockey, since that's what we're all about here at the Daily Faceoff Podcast. So, I guess what I want to know is, do you guys play fancy hockey? We, I do. You do? I do don't anymore i my heart couldn't take it i i have a very hard balance going uh making picks i like to pick with my heart not my brain and then i get very disappointed in my my results so <laughs> i don't i don't do it anymore but uh i'm still up to date with it a little bit yeah that's typically the uh, the hardest part is kind of trying not to take all the red wings or whatever and then if you're in a i mean for you guys it probably wouldn't be too difficult up in, in the toronto area you guys could be in a in a pool with a bunch of Toronto guys who probably wouldn't even touch the Red Wings, but uh, for someone like me down here in Red Wings territory, it's like almost impossible to get your hands on a, a Pavel Datsyuk or a, a Henrik Zetterberg because everybody wants them, right? Oh yeah, they go way earlier than you would expect in Windsor. You're absolutely right. Just being in a pool with Windsor guys, every single Wings player is gone for sure. Oh yeah, like Dylan Larkin, like not even sure if he's really going to make the team. He's like a fifth round pick. It's like, oh okay, well that guy's an idiot. And then all of a sudden, Dylan Larkin goes off in his rookie year, and he looks like a genius. Yeah, it's a complete remember, l- luck. But I remember yeah. the last year I played, I picked up Justin Schultz when he was a rookie, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this guy's going to put up so many points, I'm going to look like a, a genius. That was uh, that was a nightmare. You've been better off picking up Brad. <laughs> yeah, essentially. But so, Ryan, you said you play hockey, uh, fancy hockey. Uh, I guess my question to you is: Is who uh, was your best draft pick? Would you say uh, this season? Uh, this season, it's it's kind of a cheap answer to be honest. But uh, I took Patrick Kane with my, I think it was fourth overall pick, uh, and this was in the middle of everyone. No, it wasn't fourth overall. It was like twelfth, uh, and this was in the middle of everyone, like his whole controversy before it got uh, resolved. So no one wanted to touch him. And uh, I ended up taking him at 12, and he just has been blowing everyone out of the water in terms of offensive production this year. Yeah, it's funny you say that because we've talked about that quite a bit on the show this year about how, like, because I do a draft kit every season, and, and I know, like, myself along with other people who are trying to, you know, rank all the players, it's like, who, where do you put Patrick Kane? Where is he going to go? If, is he even going to play? And then, so he ended up going way later than he should have in some drafts, and um, mm-hmm. owners like you are reaping the benefits for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's been a, a huge plus. Don't quite, uh, as a Wings fan, don't quite like playing against the guy, but in terms of fantasy, yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, sometimes you just got to put those uh, put those hatreds aside from the playoffs past and stuff yeah. like that and just kind of pick with your brain, not like Evan, pick with your heart. So that, exactly. <laughs> that works out. Exactly. Well, if, if uh, Patrick Kane was your best pick, who would you say your worst pick was or what was your biggest mistake so far this year? Uh, unintentionally carry Price. Oh, yeah. That's not uh, really your fault, though. I'm, I'm sure you're not alone on that one. No. I took him. It's a little bit embarrassing to say, but I took him uh, second overall. Um, we are the league. One of the leagues I'm in is very goalie stat heavy. 
and uh, I was stuck between him or Holtby, so I took Price because I figured I could pick up Holtby later, which I did. Um, well, that, that works out then. Yeah, but Price is just, he's most likely not going to play the rest of the season now, so it's been kind of a bummer. Yeah, that's been uh, almost every day I feel the question, like, where's Price? When's he coming back? Do I trade Price? Do I drop Price? What do I do with him? And it's it's impossible to say. I mean, I, I think love if you watching can get... the Canadian struggle, but uh, oh, it'd yeah. be nice to see him back because, I mean, he's, he's just so good. I think if, if anyone can get value for him at this point, absolutely trade him. But, yeah, as, as a pure hockey fan, you want to see arguably the best goalie on ice back in the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, watching the Canadians just plummet in the standings is fantastic. But I know you guys said on your last episode there, I was listening this morning, it's funny how the Canadians even know how brutal they've been uh, as of late for, like, the last two months almost. They're still the top Canadian team, which is just <laughs> outrageous. It's uh, embarrassing as a Canadian, to be honest. Yeah, it's I don't know what what happened to Canadian hockey this year. It's uh, it's just, it's been a bit of a gong show to say the least. But um, one team that hasn't been a gong show this year is of course our Red Wings. So Evan, I guess I'll go to you first on this one. I just want to know who's been the biggest surprise um, on, on for the Red Wings for you this season. Um, I mean, other than Dylan Larkin, because we I don't think any of us real other than Brad slotted him into our top six, probably not even our top nine. So. Larkin's been a, a pleasant surprise, but um, I think the continual development of Danny DeKaiser has been a welcome... It hasn't been a surprise, but it's been very much welcomed. Um, we had a good feeling that he would continue to grow and, and start to take on more minutes and more leadership, and I think this season his uh, offensive game has developed really well as, as well. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Two podcasts um, so, in a week is rough. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, I think Danny DeKaiser has been a very pleasant surprise this year to see a prospect finally come into his own. We've been talking about Tatar and Nyquist and how we see flashes of brilliance. And some games were like, this is what we've been waiting for. And then there's stretches where we are saying, where has this scoring and this flash gone? Whereas DeKaiser, I can honestly say I can't think of one game this season where he has disappointed me. Yeah, it's been nice to, especially you, you mentioned it, the offense has been great because I remember in years past, like watching him sometimes, like I would get so frustrated with him because it seemed like he refused to shoot the puck. But now mm. he's finally putting pucks on net on a, on a regular basis and the puck's going in, which is which is huge. And I mean, it's almost scary to think about where the Red Wings blue line would be if they hadn't signed him a couple years ago. It would I be... think we talked about that last episode, or a week ago we talked about that how screwed we would be. Well, I don't think we'd have our streak right now if we didn't pick ass- up the Kaiser. Assuming that the Red Wings didn't pick up anyone to fill that hole, which I think they would have, you would if have we did hope nothing so. <laughs> and just moved up through depth with players, we would be screwed. Mm-hmm. But um, He's easily been our best defenseman this year. Like, oh, by, it's by without a, a doubt our number one defenseman. Yeah. It's, uh, but you're right. He's been great. Uh, Larkin's obviously been a bit surprising. Um, I know I wrote about him preseason about it was like, if he cracks the lineup, he clearly has an opportunity to be an, a great player. But I mean, even I think I could speak from the majority of Red Wings fans. We weren't even sure even if he did crack the lineup, if he was, if he was going to last for, you know, more than a couple weeks. And then he tore it up right off the bat and Hasn't looked back yet. Yeah, we we knew Larkin house. would be a special player. We just didn't expect it to happen so quickly. And I don't think anyone in the league expected it either. So um, hats off to his work work ethic. And uh, I, th- I think he's only going to get better, which is scary. Yeah, it's funny when you look at that like D-Boss video, how like that was only <laughs> a couple years ago, and now all of a sudden he's just tearing up the NHL. It's quite uh, He's grown quite a bit, I guess. Yeah, he's in yeah. the show now. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not DeKaiser, I think he will be the next captain of the Red Wings once Henrik retires. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, Ryan, do you have anything else to add on who your uh, biggest surprise has been this year? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the board. I'm going to say uh, Henrik Zetterberg's return to form. Um, last year, what with it coming back from back injury, we saw him lose a significant amount of speed and strength on the puck, uh, which was almost not even disappointing because he's aging. We just thought that's the pace at which he aged. Uh, but this year, he's... Uh, been rejuvenated by the youth we've put him in the lineup and he seems to be stronger uh, and faster than he's been in years and which it leads to him I think he's the leading point scorer on the wings right now I think he has 40 or so points yeah um 
So just to know that Zetterberg can produce at this clip for at least a couple more years is huge to the team because to lose Datsuk and Zetterberg in the t- same time frame would be uh, devastating. So it's nice to see uh, old Hank back. It's crazy just like how strong he really is on his stick. Like you rarely see him go into the corners or go on the sideboards and lose a battle. I mean, he comes away with the puck more often than not. And I mean, he's not like the biggest guy ever. It's And yeah, last year it was real frustrating to watch him go into the corner and then lose a battle. And then now he's back to his old form. It is definitely nice. Um, but I think I would go with Mrazek. Um, I ranked him above Jimmy Howard at the start of the season. I kind of saw this coming, but I don't think anybody really saw him, you know, turning himself into a Vezina candidate this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard to yeah. really call him a candidate because I don't think anybody outside of Braden Holpe really has a shot. Um, but, I mean, his numbers have been absolutely outstanding. And um, I know you guys kind of talked about it today, about how or yesterday, how they kind of seems like they leave, leave Jimmy Howard out to dry now. But um, Mrazek, you know, he's, he's made the big saves. He's making the timely saves. And it's really, like, I don't think the Red Wings would be where they are today if it wasn't for him. So Oh, God, no. No, not a chance. But, uh... I mean, those are obviously the bright spots on the team. Uh, aside from Jonathan Erickson, who everybody loves to hate on, who's been the biggest disappointment for you guys this year? Um, biggest disappointment? That's uh, that's actually a pretty tough one because you know what? There's a uh, I would love to hate on Jonathan Erickson. There's it's actually one of my favorite hobbies. <laughs> uh, I'm a like a, just a bona fide Jonathan anti Jonathan Erickson. Great guy. He's done a lot for the team, but. Anyhow, if you want something different than him, I'd have to say the uh, hot and cold streaks of Nyquist and Tatar. Um, we've lost a lot of one-goal games, and, and previous to this little a nice little streak, we had a lot of low-scoring games. Uh, and that was purely because, well, not purely, uh, a large portion of that was because Nyquist and Tatar would pretty much take turns uh, scoring or not scoring, producing and not producing. And it, they're still young, and they're still uh, in the early stages of their careers, I get that, but... Um, when you have Datsuk having to take a little bit more time to come back to form from injury because, you know, he's getting older, uh, and you have Larkin and Zetterberg basically carrying the team, Ablocator doing his best to fulfill his contract, which I think he's worth now, uh, you want Nyquist and Tatar to basically pick up the slack because they're, they're 30, 30, 40 goal capable guys. Uh, they're honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see them at 80 or even 90 points if they really come into form later in their careers. Uh, but they got to figure out this consistency thing because to lack depth depth scoring is one thing that every team goes through. But to lack sco- uh, uh, point production and scoring from your top six guys is uh, is what loses you close hockey games. Yeah, absolutely, and it's definitely important right now the way Zetterberg and Datsuk are going when they're playing together. You don't have that balance up and down the lineup, and they need those Tatars and the Nyquist to start putting the puck in the back of the net. Because if that happens in the in addition to what Datsuk and Zetterberg are doing. I mean, you're looking at five goal games like we we saw in Boston the other night. So absolutely, yeah. I think I said last night that the difference between a good team and a great team is timely scoring from your 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 bottom six players. Not to say Tatar and Nyquist are bottom six players, but they do occasionally find themselves on the third line. Mm-hmm. We need that depth scoring that they can provide, not on a nightly basis, but it has to come at timely moments when we need it. If we're already up three nothing. Um, them getting goals isn't it's great for them but it's not a huge boost to win the game we need those kind of goals when it's a 2-1 game a 1-1 game when they matter the most yeah and it's going to be so important come playoff time for those guys to show up because i mean that's kind of what got us in trouble last year and in the past is they've been able to shut down the the nyquist and the tatars and we need them in the playoffs so we're not going anywhere (laughs) exactly but uh okay i guess my next question is uh, we've seen kind of a couple players get hot recently. If you guys had to pick a player to lead the team in points from today on forward, I guess this is more of a, a fantasy relevant question. Who do you guys think will lead the team from uh, today through the rest of the uh, season? Are we counting, let's just say everyone's points are at zero? Yeah. Like from today till game 82, who, uh, who leads the team? Um, recently, I think Brad was talking about yesterday that Larkin's point production has gone slightly down since being removed from the first line, but I would see his production going back up. Um, I honestly think Datsuk will lead this team in points. That's my pick too, yeah. By the end of the year. His, he's always the guy on the wings who has the highest points per game, and, um, he has, every year when I, when we say he's, he's going to play half the man he is. He reinvents his game, and he just makes us all into believers again. Um, I can't see how anyone else would have more points than him. 
uh, if we started at zero points, everybody, and we tallied at the end of the season. You're in agreement with him, Ryan? Yeah, that, that was my pick, too. Uh, Zetterberg and Larkin have been uh, consistent. Like If they dip or they, they get hot, it's not they don't deviate too much from their normal. But uh, Datsuk took a little bit of time to come back into his form, but he's done it uh, just as good as he has in previous seasons. So, yeah, I see him outscoring the rest of the team for, for the remainder of our games. Yeah, that's where I was going to. We did an episode a couple weeks ago right after the All-Star break kind of sit- picking who we expect to kind of like didn't have a great first half to explode in the second half. And of course I picked Datsuk. Uh, he had a good second half last year and uh, I got laughed at because of course I always try to bring up the Red Wings as much as possible. But I mean, it was a, it's a legitimate pick. He guy is just absolutely outrageous. I, I think he was in the top five for, for points per game last season. Yeah, he, re- he usually is right. You always kind of, the one thing about Datsuk is of course he's going to have a lot of points per game. It's the amount of games that he's going to play. Exactly. So, uh, but Hey, I, He's been healthy. It looks like he's healthy this year, which is great. It seems like same with Zetterberg. They both seem to be at a hundred percent. And fingers crossed. Yeah. If if I was to extrapolate this question to the Wings' defense, who's going to lead the team in points? I really am still holding on to that. Mike Green <clears throat> will pick his game up. He has sorely disappointed offensively, but he's played okay defensively in my mind. But uh, I think him and DeKaiser will lead this team in points defensive for defensemen yeah. by the end of the season. That's the one thing I, I always tell my buddies, too, like when I talk about the wings and green is when green came over, I expected him to be an absolute gong show in the defensive zone and be unreal in the offensive zone. He's been not as good offensively as I thought he was going to be, but he's a lot better defensive player than I, I think I kind of gave him credit for when he played in Washington. Yeah, I don't think we've really tailored any sort of situation such as power plays to, to his strength. Cause when he rips one, it is an absolute bomb mm-hmm. and I really haven't seen the power play consistently set up where we, we go into a, uh, like a diamond umbrella formation and we just let him rip from the top. Um, if we go to something like that, I think his points will just, will jump like crazy. I know you almost wish you could just see them just put, you know, do everything through Datsuk and then just have him kind of take all the attention and feed it back to Green and just bomb shots on net over and over and over again. Like, he's got an absolute rocket. Yeah, you know, he does. We've talked about having uh, Mike Green as the the, the shooter for the top uh, power play line and then Polkin in where we can fit him in the roster um, as a second power play unit, which would work, but... Uh... I think that's kind of what they tried to do at the start of the year, too, and then Polkin just wasn't... Like, Polkanen was effective, but just, I, I think, guys like Athanasiu that they're bringing up now just um, play a more complete game, I guess, and Polkanen's kind of fallen out of favor. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I guess the most uh, important question at this time of the year um, is, do you guys think that the Red Wings are going to be looking to make any moves here um, come February 29th? Um, I don't think they'll be uh, looking to make anything huge. They don't have one guy or another specifically in their sights, but we're definitely in the market. We're in play for a defenseman. Uh, the name uh, Tootin's been floating around. I don't think he's that great. Um, in terms of what's actually available as a defenseman, we mention this all the time on the Winged Wheel podcast. It's, they're always at a premium, and there's always a scarcity of them, so what we'll actually get is um, kind of up in the air. Uh, one guy I kind of want to mention, it's off the board, uh, but don't be surprised to see Darren Helm's name floating around. Uh, if we do make a big deal, he could be uh, a big piece of that. Of that because he's uh, UFA, uh, he's having a great contract year. He seems to be only getting better. He's uh, retained almost all of his speed that he had in the early stages of his career, uh, and it's looking like we might not be able to afford him as a UFA next year. So, if we get a chance to pull in a big name defenseman, or uh, there's multiple pieces moving, Darren Helm might be one of them. Yeah, the the one thing I always go back to when I'm talking about the Red Wings and, and trade deadline and possibilities is just there's so many defensemen and like defensive prospects in Detroit and not enough room for them to all come up at the same time, which is basically what's happening right now. So it's it almost seems like they need to move a couple of those pieces to almost just get a bigger fish to play on the NHL roster right now. I mean, it's great to have um, you know depth in the AHL and stuff for the future, but I mean they need to win now and they need uh, like while Pavel and Henrik are still playing at the top of their games. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, is I don't see. Um, we have great bottom four defensemen. We really, really need a top one to three guy, and I don't see in the market where 
that is even remotely available. I thought Shattenkirk would be a good guy to go after until Petrangelo got hurt. When now that I don't think uh, Shattenkirk will be on the market at all. So I don't think a trade at the deadline is worth it unless we're bringing in a huge player that will make a, a huge immediate impact. Um, and we've got enough UFAs and RFAs we could float into a deal some way if we can do that. But I I honestly think the, the Red Wings won't make a move at the deadline. I think they'll shop around, see what's available, see what the, the value is. But I don't see anything happening. No, you're right. You're right. You hit the nail on the head there. They don't really need to bring in another, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth defenseman into the mix. They've already got yeah. en- enough of those. Oh, yeah. Especially come playoff time, they can bring up, you know, anybody and fill that void. Uh, but we're running out of time here. So I guess the last question I have for you guys is uh, will the playoff streak live on? And do you guys think, let's say, they don't make a move at the deadline? Um, this is the team that we go into the playoffs with. Can we do some damage? Uh, I think the playoff streak lives on. Uh, I think realistically we're looking at a second round uh, exit. Optimistically, we go to the conference finals with Washington. That's very optimistically. Um, I I think we continue into the playoffs this season. This team is far more depth depthful than uh, most of our divisions, so I can't see how we, we lose out that way. Um in regards to the playoffs, um, I I don't see how we lose to a team in our division other than maybe Florida. Um, I think this is the year we could push Tampa. Um, we I think we could beat Boston as well. I think we can beat anybody with Mrazek in a seven-game series. And I think if it's Washington, Detroit in the Eastern Conference Final, it's it's a coin toss because both teams stack up so well against each other. Yeah, that's the one thing I always say too. When you look at the Eastern Conference, it basically seems like it's just Washington. Like Washington's running the show, and there's really no other team that really scares me. I mean, there's a lot of other teams that are quality teams, but they have a lot of holes. You look at teams like Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin. That of course that's great, but they don't have any defensemen and. We all know what Fleury does in the playoffs. So I, I'm kind of on board with you guys. I think that um, uh, the, the streak lives on. We've kind of seen Florida uh, tail off after Abdicator. Uh, hurt Barkoff there. Boston's yeah. not that good either. Uh, they, they obviously showed that against us. Um, of course, they're a missing Bergeron, but still, they're not uh, a great team. So I think I agree with you guys. I could see us going to the conference finals, and hopefully Mrazic can uh, stack up against Holpe. <laughs> yeah. But it uh, would be one hell of a battle. Yeah, oh, it'd be sure. it'd be great as long as we don't allow uh, Ovechkin to have 15 shots on goal. We should be okay. Oh God, no! Good for fantasy, bad for for Red Wings fans. Absolutely. But boys, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, glad you guys could do this. Thanks for doing it on such uh, short notice. It's good to uh, talk Red Wings for a half hour with some guys who are as passionate as I am. So, um, thanks again, and make sure to all of our viewers that you guys head over to the Wings Nation and check out check out the Wing Wheel podcast. They're awesome. Uh, if you're a Red Wings fan and you don't just want to listen to me talk about the Red Wings, you've guys got, you guys got these guys as well. You guys said what, every Tuesday, right? Yeah. So every Tuesday on the Wings Nation, make sure you guys check out the Winged Wheel podcast. Uh, we're going to send it over to the Blue Stones now, and we'll be back after the break with uh, Dylan and Biebs as usual. Thanks again, Ryan and Evan. Thanks for having us, Thanks man. For Seventeen of the Daily Faceoff podcast. That's a welcome voice. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoy that special first half featuring Evan and Ryan from the Winged Wheel podcast. You're now being joined, as always, by my f- 
fellow co-host, yeah. Michael Beebs Bondi. Yeah, I showed up super early to the studio and Brock just uh, locked the door and said, uh, screw you, go home. Uh, we're only talking Wings fans today. So uh, I had to have a conversation with you know, I'm really worried about how far that conversation steered into just admiring Dylan Larkin. We haven't been able you know to what? listen honestly, to it. Honestly, that's the first thing that I said was I said that, honestly... All year, all I've been talking about is the Red Wings and how awesome Dylan Larkin is and how much Dylan and Beebs hate. Uh, it's much- not that. We just have to put the reins on you, man. No, we I, can't I understand. Just, like, get it's out control. Of control. <laughs> We're putting a muzzle on you. Well, not actually. But- and it's funny, though, because right before we came on the show today, you guys kind of said, like, yeah, like, Larkin's been great, but, like, he's really, like, from a fantasy perspective, he's really not been, like, that spectacular, no. at least for the last great production as an 18-year-old. And he's going to be good, yeah. but, like, fantasy-wise, like you said, if yeah. we're comparing him to the top guys, he's just not quite there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is actually, you know, fairly, a, fairly special, a fairly special second half of the Daily Faceoff podcast, because we are doing this live, in person, so we can see yeah, each other. Yeah, welcome back, boys. Yeah, it's these nice. guys are ugly. I really like it. When we <laughs> it's good to no, be back. It's in nice to do a lot. Lake Shore, Ontario, dudes. home of the legendary Aaron Eckblad. Aaron Eckblad, yeah. also a Windsor alert. I saw today actually somebody, one of the reporters from the Panthers. Um, I guess the Panthers were doing something off ice playing tennis or something, good and it was him. just a pic of oh, Eckblad know. playing tennis bare feet, and then the tweet was just like Eckblad should stick to hockey. So <laughs> clearly, those are Bell River boots. The guy is great. I would have headlined it: Sasquatch finds tennis racket. Yeah. <laughs> it looks well, good the whole time. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back on the show. You know. We were kind so, of worried you know what, boys? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to like scare you guys by doing a first half without you. But um, yeah. you know, Wings Nation is is something that I like, something that I work for, and something I take pride in. So I was hoping to maybe help us have have us help them grow their brand and help grow the Wings. Nation. Help us help them. Yeah, nice. something like that. yeah. No, totally appreciate it though from the guys from Wing Nation. And, Thanks uh, a lot, boys, for showing up. But uh, D, I think this is your favorite part of the show and everybody right. else's favorite. part We're not going to miss it two weeks in a row. We will not. It is time for myself, Dylan D. Berthium, to toss it over to the man, the host, Brock Segan, with the injury report. Take it away, Brock! All right, well, I guess today um, we, as usual, put it out to everybody, you know, send us your fantasy hockey questions, send us your hockey questions. You're not doing the injury report because you just made me sound really stupid. No, no, I am going to do the injury report, but... (laughs) No we, one got hurt this week. We decided to throw it over. So I'm going to try to keep the injury report short, which clearly have, I've already failed at doing. Right. You haven't started it yet. We'll start off with so Evgeny Malkin, who remains day-to-day. <laughs> he is nearing a return, Actually. according to the Pittsburgh Penguins. He um, seems unlikely to play Thursday, which is the day you'll be listening to this, against the Red Wings. But he, sh- he could be back this weekend. Obviously, uh, nothing concrete there. But he is nearing a return, which is good news for the Penguins. Uh, Justin Falk will not play on Thursday, will not travel to Ottawa, but that is just a one-game kind of road swing for uh, the Hurricanes. They return home on Friday, I believe, to play against the Sharks. Um, basically, the Hurricanes said, we're not going to be stupid about this. Uh, this is our best player. We're not going to let him get injured. So, um, Justin Falk, he's not far from returning, but they're going to play it safe. Um Brutal news, really, for the Flames, who are basically out of uh, playoff contention at this point. But Kari Ramo, who has been their best goaltender this year, despite being placed on waivers earlier in the season, is out for the season with a torn ACL, also uh, battling some meniscus damage as well. So he's done six to eight months. Hate to see that. Pray for Kari. Yeah. (laughs) Sasha Barkov, otherwise known as Alexander Barkov, it was funny today. Uh, I guess all the Florida guys kind of, you know, talk to talk about him as Sasha Barkov so whenever I tweet something about Sasha Barkov people on daily face-off just lose their mind like who is Sasha Sasha Barkov and then he's up and coming yeah but it's just, every but it just happens that's just the way they do it out there so Sasha will not play Thursday questionable for Saturday um he continues to battle an upper body injury suffered against the Red Wings last week UBI and, yeah and David DeHarnay who's out with a I believe it's a foot injury he blocked the shot earlier in the week he did not play tonight Questionable for Friday. Really not that fancy relevant at this point. The Montreal Canadiens are just brutal. Um, But Anton Hudobin was reassigned to the AHL San Diego Gulls. Great, great team name. I love writing San Diego Gulls. They have awesome jerseys. Oh, they're phenomenal. I just got to support that. So anyways, the reason that I bring up Anton Hudobin (laughs) is because his return to the AHL suggests that John Gibson uh, is set to return on Thursday from his upper body injury, which is good news for 
the Ducks, obviously, who have rattled off a bunch of wins recently and have basically returned to form as we kind of expected them to do uh, earlier in the season. So, um, as I kind of you know alluded to right before I started the injury report, before I got yelled at, um, sure. what we decided to do today was you know normally. <laughs> Embarrassingly enough for us, I should say, uh, we usually reach you guys, we usually reach out to you guys and look for Twitter questions, you know, uh, on the website, on Twitter, whatever. And we get a couple, right? We get three or four and we have to answer those three or four. Today, you guys came out in overwhelming numbers and we had like, I don't know, 15 questions. We had to narrow it down to... Overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't even. I couldn't even handle it. <laughs> I was at the dentist, and like I could just feel my phone like boom, boom. And I'm like, whoa. Either I'm super popular, or something's going on. It turned out Brock just tagged me in a tweet. It was just you guys blowing up my both. phone. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. You're popular, and I tagged you. In a tweet. Yeah. So it felt good. <laughs> but anyway, Thanks, so guys. what we decided to do was, you know, kind of give you guys what you guys I think have probably wanted for <laughs> what you want. <laughs> for 15 episodes. We are literally just going to answer your guys' questions for the first. I guess not the first, the, the last, yeah. the last thirty minutes of the show. That's all we um, came here to do. Yeah, just we just want to answer your questions. So hopefully, the questions that every or other fellow listeners have asked us will help you guys in your pools. So, Beebs, we'll throw it over to you. This is your part of the show. Um, so why don't you start us off with the first Twitter question? Yeah, and before you guys get uh, worried, we did mention we had fifteen. Um, I won't be saying every single one of them, so like you will not get sick of my voice. Brock's gonna step in and ask them. Unlike uh, the normal pattern. So not to worry. You don't have to listen to this brutalness for too long. But our first question, and again, thank you guys. If you want to tweet again, send it at, at DFO Podcast. Um, or send it to at Daily Faceoff. Or just to one of us. That'd be great. Either way, we love we love your questions. And the first one comes from at 94 score. And he asks, which goalie should I trade? Rask, Mason, or Anderson? And uh, since you guys can't quite see the spelling here, it is the Anderson with an O. Therefore, he plays for Ottawa. And... Um, <laughs> He he also mentioned at the end that he may get uh, Sagan, which is kind of huge. And uh, is he talking about me or Tyler? That's what I was gonna say. You literally get delivered to his house if he makes this trade. Jesus, I hope. I don't know where he lives. I'm kind of hoping he doesn't make this deal. (laughs) But uh, I'll take I'll take this one right away. Um, I guess what I'm gonna do is it's hard to say I may get Sagan. Like, is he trading these guys straight up for Sagan? I obviously think that that's probably not the case. So I'm gonna kind of just ignore the Sagan part. And just focus on which goalie he should trade. I'm going with Craig Anderson. Um, the Senators have not played the best of defense this year. Um, and I really do think Steve Mason's a quality goaltender. I like the Flyers going forward. Um, he's not going to get as many starts as Anderson. But uh, as, as far as like wins per start and peripheral numbers, I like Mason a lot more than Anderson. And Rask is... Even though he's had a down year, he's still the better of the of the three out of uh, out of these guys. So I'm gonna say if you're gonna trade any of them, I'm going Anderson. How about you, Dylan? Uh, I'm actually gonna go with Rask, and it's like obviously I think he is the the better of these three goalies. Uh, it's more or less just to do with the value he can return. Uh, these guys are all having similar seasons, at least save percentage rise. Uh, Rask is at a 9.15, obviously below what we're used to seeing from him in his career. But Mason's posted a 9.17 and Anderson a 9.16. So all these guys have been generally in the same ballpark this year. And I think it's without question you can get the best value for Tuka Rask, especially if we're talking about Tyler Sagan. But that was a really weird throw in, so yeah. I don't really know how to address that. Okay, before we continue with you, Beebs, I'm just, if you're going to trade Rask, though, are you comfortable rolling with Steve Mason and Craig Anderson for the rest of the year? Uh, probably not, but I'm assuming you can get maybe some something back. in the back. Okay. Trade. How about you, Beeps? Um, I'm just going to be the odd man out here, and I'm going to say you trade Steve Mason out of here. Um, reason that Great I like, advice from us. Yeah. So we didn't answer this guy's question yeah. at all. Yeah, but uh, it, one thing that we can all agree on is that Tyler Sagan should be picked up no matter what if you're wheeling any of these guys. So actually, yeah. So we kind of did answer part of it, but the um, thing about Craig Anderson is he gets a ton of starts, and uh, as Dylan mentioned, all these guys kind of have the same numbers, so you're really getting the same type of value. Anderson leads them all in wins, and that's mostly because of the amount of starts he has. Um, and one thing that I, and the only reason that I choose this is because they did it last year. They won on that miraculous run at the end. Oh, Mark God. Stone let it. They looked great. Mark Stone looks pretty good lately. Is Can it, it started again? If it does happen, Craig Dion's the guy. there. There's no Hamburglar. Dion's in. He's ready to rock some bombs, rock some W's. He's doing stuff. And uh, he's getting, <laughs> actually, we talked about it. He played with Carlson, um, and one of the first nights there, he had two points. And Carlson, Carlson he took the secondary assist. So, I don't know. I only take Anderson because if this miraculous run does come along, it is on the back of Craig Anderson. He has taken a 
shit ton of shots this year compared to he has the most actually compared uh, most shots against him again than any any other other goal in the league yep so if you do play in one of those leagues where it's actual saves instead of save percentage he's literally the top valued guy at that that spot but if you do play in one of those leagues get out of that league (laughs) grow up go by save percentage but either way um yeah, great question. That's DraftKings, though. I mean, DraftKings does that. So yeah. sometimes Anderson can make for a smart start. Like tonight, yeah. I mean, I went with Varlamov, and he faces, he faces a shit, shitload of shots. But let's move on to the second question. This one is yeah. from Jeff Marks, 28. Thanks, Jeff. Um, could you recommend three players to try and make a trade for? Um, so what we did here was we each went with uh, one player. That so, way we can't disagree. Yeah. So, so Biebs will start. Sorry, D, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to go with Taylor Hall, actually. I'm going to keep this nice and quick and pretty simple. I think Hall's value, a lot of people are freaking out about it right now. He's old, He's got two points in seven games since McDavid's been back. I think a lot of people are really overreacting to that small sample That size. one time he got dropped to like the third line, maybe yeah. second. Like he was playing with Letestu and everybody was like, what the hell happened? And then now... It's like, yeah, I mean... But I'll let you keep going. Tom McClellan's a weird guy, right? He likes to switch things up. Um, likes to call out Benoit Pouliot. <laughs> yeah, Recklessly to the media. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so... Just then, I just want to dismiss the notion that Hall can't produce with McDavid in the lineup. He had six goals and ten assists in McDavid's first thirteen games this year before he got hurt, uh, and obviously they weren't really playing together at that time either. So I'm not worried about Taylor Hall. He's still a point per game guy in my eyes, and I think right now his value is probably about as low as it's going to get this year. So he could Absolutely. be a decent trade target. Yeah, like Taylor Hall, we we you talked about him a lot at the start of the year about how much you really liked him coming into this season, and he he's been great, right? He's yeah. been absolutely lights out and. Uh, his numbers to start the year while McDavid was in the lineup. If you think about it, the return of McDavid shouldn't hurt Hall. No. It should only help him. Yep. It should take the defensive attention away from him, and it should only help him. I think this might be this is play, this yeah. has got to be just a, a a you know a small lull that he's going through it's right now. Seven games. Is yeah, all it is. exactly. So um, if you can take advantage of, of, of an owner who's getting tired of him, then yeah, absolutely. But Beebs, we'll go to you quick. Uh, who are you looking at right now? Um. Well. Uh... I'm looking at one guy, and uh, his nickname's Patches, and no, it's not Patches O'Houlihan from the Dodgeball <laughs> movies. It's uh, Max. I Patch just looked over at his laptop. He's got Patches O'Houlihan. Up. <laughs> I was gonna have gotta fact check that man. Yeah, I was gonna find an awesome like dodgeball quote because I always end up coming back to dodgeball. You can't dodge a wrench. Quotes. You can't dodge a ball. Uh, that's about it. That. Yeah, that's about it. Um, but uh, if you I, can I do... dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. Oh, that's what I meant. Either way. Patches you blew it. But I'm going with uh, with, Shit. with the better of the patches in this one. But that's also up to your own opinion. But Max Pacioretty, he uh, currently has 39 points in 57 games. Obviously, we talked about it. The Montreal team kind of sucks right now. But um, if there's one team that's that could make a playoff push out of the seven Canadian ones that we do have, I do think that it is Montreal because <laughs> it looks like the other six are just going to be trailing in the bottom. Um, and if Montreal does make a change, it's going to start with their leading goal scorer the past couple of years and one of their top players, and that's uh, Max Pacioretty. I will mention he averages about a 12, just above 12% shooting percentage every year, or he has since his career started. This year, he's only shooting at a 9.3. He's got shots, rise. Yeah, his shots are in the same numbers that they always have been, so it's just a matter of time before, well, not a matter of time. He does have 20 goals, but it's he's a matter of puck luck. Matter yeah. of puck luck. And I think it's just a matter of uh, stuff, just stuff's going to click out in Montreal eventually, maybe. If, Maybe uh, if price returns. And if they do click, uh, Patches is going to be in the center of it. So Patches is my guy. Patches is the only guy. Yeah. He's the only guy. Exactly. It's and I feel game. like a lot of people right now are like, oh my God, Montreal's so bad. I want to trade every piece they have. It's true. Get Patches. Trade He's an elite goal scorer, and every elite goal scorer yeah. in the league is streaky to some degree. Absolutely, That's just the yeah. nature of the well, game. Well, like you so. can't, like, even if you're a 30 goal scorer. In an 82 game, like a 30 goal scorer is what everybody looks at as like that. That's what you want. Yeah. Even if you're a 30 goal scorer, that means in 52 games, technically, you're not scoring goals, right? So you got to be streaky to some degree. Yep. Um, nah, I'm gonna, the nature of the game. Yeah, nature of the beast. Uh, I just want to also point out. I think it didn't Patches O'Houlihan die. Yeah, yeah he died. Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, he, so uh, he got crushed by two tons of irony to yeah. quote Vince Vaughn. He got crushed by a sign that said "Look at the Irish." Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, Zach Parise is my guy. He's got three goals and five assists in his last 14 games. Obviously, eight points in 14 games isn't terrible. But from a guy uh, named Zach Parise, that's not quite what you're looking for. The Wild have been absolutely brutal as of late. (laughs) Clearly, they traded – or not traded. They fired Mike Yo. Bye, Mike. Um, But – Maybe bring, maybe bringing in a new yes. head coach and everything will get the the wild going. They're they're one and zero against uh, or with him as behind the bench, and I think they're about to beat the Flames tonight. So probably uh, going to win every game for the rest of the season. Yeah, so they're two and zero. So they're like hundred percent winning percentage with the new uh, coach. They're I think never it's gonna only going to go up. And Parise is like 
and I've talked to a lot of Wild fans because I've kind of I've been giving them I've been giving some beef on Twitter, and a lot of Wild fans are like you know what, like honestly, the only guy that shows up every night is Parise, and then the only other guy after that might be Suter. So the guys, at least the guys who are making the money there, are the ones showing up. So and one thing you don't really want to beef is Wild fans because they're pretty passionate. So. Yeah, well, that's apparently the state of hockey. <laughs> if Mighty Ducks that. taught me anything, it's that Minnesota loves puck. Oh yeah, Julie Gaffney. Ah. Minneapolis, Minnesota. Actually, I think she's, she's like from, from Maine. Maine. Yeah, she's <laughs> from Maine. That was D two, bro. Come on, yeah, Maine. Uh, <laughs> she's like the o- one, of, like six of like the only players yeah. that aren't from yeah, Minneapolis. A, yeah, we'll let it slide. Uh, Charlie I'm embarrassed. Yeah, I'm embarrassed. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Joshua Jackson. If you want to come on the show, reach out to us. Yeah, you're more than welcome. That'd be great. Moving on, Talk though. Beeps, take it away. Your your boy Steve. Yeah. So this one, um, this one comes from a personal favorite guy of mine. Um, this is <laughs> at Stephen Sue's one. And Steven Sue's asks, Frank, my league's top free agents, which, which he sent us a list, and this list oh my actually God. had yeah. some pretty solid names on it. We don't know what league you're in, Sue's, but some guy's got to start picking up some bodies. Can we just talk about talent. This is pretty funny. This guy just sent us a screenshot of 30 players on his free agent. Which is awesome. This is like, it's great. This is, my, this is exactly what... This might is as well Dylan's just give dream. us your user ID and password at that point. But. This is Dylan's dream, though. He's Dylan's been looking all year for substance in these and tweets. And finally... Love, so much. Love the context. Love the context. He literally probably scrolled out so that it could feature as many names yeah, as possible. I mean, yeah. And we do know good. that Suze is playing in an ESPN league and not a Yahoo league. That was clarified. So if you want to ask Twitter questions, Stephen Seuss just yeah. so you. Go to him so first. Hit up yeah, at Stephen Seuss so. 1 for Twitter questions uh, 101. So his question, uh, Basically, we can't rattle off all the names, but I'm going to start. There were um, some bodies. There were some, there were some top high-end names. Um, and the top guys that I ranked for him were Philip Forsberg. Yep, he was on free agents. Chris Kunitz and Kyle Ocposo. This is obviously a shallow-ass league, which is why he loves Beep so much. Teams. Uh, but yeah, I went Forsberg, Kunitz, Ocposo. Other, um, honorable mentions for me went to Pet- Angelo, Jonathan Huberdeau, Vincent Trocek, and Dougie Hamilton. So that just goes to show you guys what kind of names were available. But I went Forsberg, Kunitz, and Ocposo. Dylan, how about you? Uh, I went to Forsberg and Kunitz as well. I thought those two were pretty obviously, like, should be rostered in any fantasy league right now. And I put Petrangelo as a third just because he's a really interesting piece if you're looking for help on D. Uh, he's skating right now, saying he could return a lot they sooner said than three, expected. They said three weeks, and he's about a week and a half in. So, I mean, even at the worst, he says he's going to be reevaluated at three weeks. So, I think that he's probably but still— But they said they guessed six weeks off the bat. Yeah. yeah, but so he reevaluated after three weeks. So they're thinking that maybe he, when he gets reevaluated, they're going to get better news than originally Looking expected. Good. Yeah. So anyway, keep an eye on Petrolangelo. Uh, not having the hottest year by any means, but from a fantasy perspective, he can definitely put up. Not a bad free agent. At exactly. All. Yeah. So. <laughs> Team Canada. Um, I chose uh, again Philip Forsberg. Ridiculous that he's on waivers. He's been a lot uh, recently. Pick up Forsberg, but he's my first as well. So us all saying Forsberg is our first means drop your worst guy. I don't care who it is. Probably Uh, patches. And (laughs) it's probably someone stupid. Yeah, but pick up Forsberg. Anyways, my number two is Ocaposo because he's the peanut butter. Just John Tavares is jelly. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, John Tavares is known to have. Who's the sandwich? Who's the bread? Oh, whatever piece they put in there. They got the most ridiculous like. Oh, Thomas Grace. Put Josh Bailey up there this week. Ted Nolan. Next week put Andres Lee. Let's just sauce whatever. Um, go Jordan ahead Nolan, and did. then finally I have uh, just because it wouldn't be a DFO podcast if I didn't show a little bit of buff love so uh, Ryan O'Reilly taking my third hole there he was also available off free agency um, again Ryan O'Reilly and Kunitz are basically I think both just good pickups kind of in the same range for me Kunitz is going he's playing really well with Crosby so I almost want to put him above but I do like O'Reilly because of the minutes he gets first line everything He's just basically everything to Buffalo. So, uh. And Steven Sue's also uh, had a second half to the question. Jaden Schwartz has three points in three games, but only three or sorry, only thirteen minutes of ice time and no power play time yet. What is up and is he still recovering? Um, basically what I gather from this is that the Blues are kind of just still easing Schwartz back into play after missing a lot a lot of time. Um, he will be back on the power play soon enough. I went back and looked at his numbers before he was hurt. Um, he had he played a minute 42 on the power play earlier in the year, 220 on the power play last year, and a minute 46 on the power play two years ago. This is a guy that's been uh, featured pretty prominently on the on the Blues power play for years, um, and it's only a matter of time. I don't, I mean, Robbie Fabry has played pretty well recently, but I mean, it's only a matter of time for Schwartz worked his way back into that power play one way or the other. But moving on to the next question, this is from Jared Lane underscore 
Clearly, somebody other, <laughs> some other Jared Lane stole his name, and he had to just toss an underscore at the Come end. Come on, Jared Lane. But, like, just put it in, like, who the heck's named this? Yeah. But he said, is it time to cut bait on sooner? I want to add Raquel. I'm also a Perry owner. Strom, Callahan, or Hansel are also available. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off. I went with Ricardo Raquel over Spooner. Um, I Honestly, I've been a big fan of Raquel. He's pretty much guaranteed top six minutes right now. Um Ryan Kessler is also there, but he is pretty much locked down uh, playing with Cogliano and uh, Silverberg, and they are more in a shutdown role than anything. So Raquel's pretty much guaranteed top six offensive minutes. Um, the Ducks have rattled off 10 wins in their last 12 games. They're heating up to the point where we kind of expected to see them at the start of the season. So, uh, I'd basically be touching anything that is, you know, an Anaheim Mighty Duck right now. So, I'm going with Ricardo Cal. How about you, D? Um, I, I'm just not sure if it's really time to cut Spooner yet. Not sure if he's got any other options because I do like the add of Raquel, too. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. But, I mean, Spooner's been one of the biggest sleepers all the year. He's up to 40 points now. He's not going anywhere on that top power play unit in Boston. And his production really hasn't slowed down that much. So, I don't really see the, uh, a need to cut Spooner. But um, I also think Raquel's an interesting option, so I can't blame him for going either way on this one. Yeah, and uh, I think anybody who uh, Soundgarden makes a song about, Spoonman, you should totally keep on your team. I'm totally joking, but uh, Ryan Spooner is my guy to keep here. Uh, like D said, there's just not better stuff to pick up. Who gave this guy the green light? Like, the last four <laughs> weeks, he's just been singing songs like it's going out of style. Like, who gave him the green light just, like, to start singing? Honestly, we haven't heard any negative feedback about yeah. it, so we're just going to assume everybody loves it. We haven't heard it. any of that, that yeah. but I absolutely <laughs> slayed that Spoonman chorus. Anyways, um, but uh, same reason as D, Spoonman. It's a tune. Anyways, uh, he's... Uh, <laughs> He's, he's got 40 points this year, comparable to all the other players in that list. He's the highest up. Um, I just kind of like him. I think uh, he just got put back on the first... I don't think. He did just get put put back on the first power play. He took over for David Pasternak, and that's kind of big. That's that's what really keeps his value. Um, sorry, the guys are laughing at me having the spoon in <laughs> You had to like out Spoonman lyrics to sing Spoonman. No, I just wanted to make sure I had the right band. Because if you come out without Soundgarden, like if I'm thinking that's Audio Slave, I'm getting hit hard for it. We can't have this mix up. Either way, Ryan Spooner. There's a, I think there's a reason why we never record these together because every time we do it just turns into an absolute gong show. Like yeah. I can't even imagine what you're doing. Hockey on the fans other side. kind of like gong shows, so let's hope this goes yeah. over. Well. I can't imagine if what it you're doesn't. Doing on the other I, side. No one's gonna blame you. Like, yeah. No, I can't even. I can't even fathom what they're thinking right now. But really, like, what do you think Beebs has been doing for the last 16 episodes on the other side of that mic? <laughs> the amount of content that I've just like. If we could just get a screen capture on Beebs' laptop at all times to play along with the podcast, I think that'd be pretty pretty entertaining. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then uh, our next question is: uh, Is that from Bryski um, or Bryski? That's Bryski. Bryski. Uh, sick nickname. Anyways, uh, who is your number one right wing sleeper that may be available on the waiver wire? And then he also has a second type question, which well not type, but it is a second question. It says Mata, Jones, and Fowler, which D man finishes strongest this year. I really like this question because uh, it, you know what this is like the type of thing that we try to cover every single week um, on on the Daily Face Up podcast, the best fantasy hockey podcast around. So, tell your friends. I'm going to go, since the first half of this show was uh, basically the Wings Nation takeover, I'm going with Justin Abdicator, and I'm not trying to be biased on this one at all. Um, he has seven assists in his last ten games. You're not trying to be biased. Like, I am probably am being a little biased, but I mean, when you're looking at the, the other, effort's there, guys. When you're looking at the other numbers, or the other players available, there's not much. Um, Abdicator, like I said, seven assists in his last ten games. He's playing on a line with Henrik Zetterberg and Pavel Datsuk, and... As a Red Wings fan that watches every single game, they've absolutely been on fire. This line is tearing it up. Um, basically, on the waiver wire, you're looking for wingers that are playing with high-end talent, and that's exactly what Abdicator's doing. So uh, He was hot at the start of the year. I don't see why he can't keep it going this year. So uh, Let's go to you there, Dylan. Uh, I'm going to roll with David Perron in this one uh, for my right-wing pickup. He's been super effective since he's been over in Anaheim. Six goals, seven assists in 13 games. Uh, been on the first line. I had him in DraftKings last Getzlaff. night with Getzlaff. Oh, baby. There you Ooh. go. He's playing on the power play. First unit, Anna, like I said, first line alongside Getzlaff. 
Um, don't have the own percentage. I'm going off my top of my head. I'm pretty sure it's 34. It's 34 yeah. yeah. Who? Uh, so there you go. Should be available in most leagues and definitely worth a roster spot. Got that double wing eligibility. Like Huge. I said, Huge. like I said about Raquel too. They're 10 one and one in their last 12. I mean, like the Ducks. They're they're. It's funny, man. We, finally here. It's, it's you know what? Honestly, I know pens we, and ducks. That's I, my cup pick. I know, Let's go. I, I know we. Let's go. I know we said it last week, and we just can't keep giving ourselves props, but we deserve it. Like we stuck by these guys all year. We're like the ducks are gonna go. The it's pens not me are gonna go. That's me patting myself on the back. <laughs> Beams, who do you got? <laughs> um, before. I wanted to sing this one so bad because if I thought Spooner had a good name for a song, my guy here on the D end at least, Mr. Seth Jones. He was not even part of the question. He was part of the second question. It was a right wing sleeper. The right wing sleeper part of the second question. Who's the right wing sleeper? Anyways, I'll get this one out of the way super quick. Right wing sleeper, Andrew Shaw. He's playing in a great spot in Chicago and it doesn't look like he's going to be moving. He stayed up there for the last couple weeks. He's first line with Jonathan Taze. And, I mean, this guy is bound to move, but uh, Richard Panic, Panic! Um, and, uh, <laughs> okay, who are you taking on the blue line? Play your stupid ass song. I'm not going to play it. Just play the song. I don't think we have a license for that. Yeah, okay, fine. But Sing Mr. it. Mr. Jones is my guy. <laughs> so, um, that was a Mr. Jones rendition by County Crows. And uh, Mr. Jones is Mr. Seth Jones on the back end. He has... Um, I'm going to steal some of these stats here, but he has 10 points in 17 games. 10 assists, yeah. Yeah, 10 assists, yeah, no goals. But uh, still waiting for that first one and make John proud. But uh, that's still pretty good (laughs) points for the group that he's sitting with here, the Mata and the Fowler. Um, And I do think he's playing first line everything, so he's getting the ice. He's in that position to get the points, just for fantasy-wise. Mr. Jones. Yeah, I, I don't think Mata. I don't think Mata is even in the question here. Uh, yeah, I like Mata. He's whatever. But, he's got a lot of potential, but like, he's, he's a great. He's a great D man. But he's he needs not, like, he needs more power play time. He's just not no. getting into Pittsburgh now. If he was on, if he was to move up to that top power play in Pittsburgh, roster him immediately. But that's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. Sitting behind the tank, Pouliot and Daly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in big trouble. But I'm going Jones too. Like Beebs just said, ten apples in seventeen games with uh, the Blue Jackets. And you know what? The Blue Jackets. Like, at the start of the year, everybody's like, okay, like, this is a team that's going to, you know, contend. And then, all of a sudden, they trade Johansson, Bobrovsky goes down. It's like, this team's garbage, and they're still winning games. So, I mean, I still think people look at the Blue Jackets and kind of steer away from them. And, you know, Jones is a guy that actually is more valuable than I think people realize. I think there's probably a case to be made for Fowler here, who's uh, playing on that top Top power play unit in Anaheim, which we said has been absolutely ripping it up. But I'm going to go with you guys here. I think Jones, I really like what he's done with his extra opportunity ice time thus far. And I think uh, part of my cliche is just the tip of the iceberg right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're going to, we had two more questions. Um, Slice them. We're going to just rip through. Slice them. We're going to, no, we're going to rip through them really fast. Yes or no. Okay. That's it. Perfect. Okay. I didn't really want to talk about these. From numbers. Orange Gina, or Orange Gina, sorry. Calgary's Orange top line Gina. is heating up. Um, will they be able to sustain the rest of the season? Um they're on fire right now since they've been since especially Monahan and Hoodler got scratched or sorry Monahan and Goudreau got scratched they've been on fire so rest of the season they've been like they're like point per game right now they'll be close they're not going to be able to point per game for the rest of the season so I'm going to go just underneath DW I wrote down sure sure okay Biebs going to give it a big old mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to continue that. Okay, so there you go. And then the next one is, will Tampa Bay's triplets perform down the stretch like most people expected them to this season? Palahat, Palahat, (laughs) Palai and Tyler Johnson have been not, have been not good. That's, come on, Mark. Palai and Tyjo have been not good. Are they worth holding on to? Okay, yes, absolutely. She doesn't even mention who's it from in any chirps. Come on, Mark. (laughs) Not good, have been not good. But anyways. Um, they're not like the, the they're not going to perform like they were like literally fifth, sixth round draft picks in fantasy this year. Maybe even higher some of these guys. Like yeah. they were fourth. Like they're drafted high. They're not going to perform like that. But they have the ability to be very quality goal scorers and point producers for the rest of the year. Especially they just got reunited recently. So let's see if I think the the Lightning are hoping. You know they said we're not trading Stamkos. This, we're going for it. Let's hope that maybe the triplets can kind of find their groove. I said they're not going to perform like they were drafted, but I mean, they're definitely, I wouldn't be dropping them yeah, at all. That's what I said. I think they're overrated, but they're definitely still worth rostering at this point. 
Beebs, you agree? <laughs> I can't say anymore. You guys are just crushing it. Okay, and the last question, we're going to kind of actually take a little more time on this because we are, we're approaching the trade deadline here, and this is n- basically not fantasy relevant whatsoever. But um, Mueller asks on the dailyfaceoff.com website, who are the top possible trade targets for teams that are making to look uh, at a run in the playoffs this year. So we all agree on the top four for us are Louis Erickson from Boston, who, you know what? I, Louis Erickson used to be one of my favorite uh, fantasy picks. Um, Geno City. I thought you were going to say player. I was like, no offense to Louis, but he's got kind of a boring game. Today. No, no, no. He's been, like, he was one of my fantasy, favorite fantasy picks because he used the same thing yeah, every he's year. Great. He's so consistent. And he's then, but it's funny, like, Boston yeah, acquires him, he's terrible, and then all of a sudden, right before they're supposed to. You know, make a decision on him. He starts lighting up. It's weird Look, how that he's happens. Trying again. Andrew Ladd, obviously, uh, he's probably the biggest name on the free yeah, agent market. Yeah, I think he definitely is. Oh yeah. Uh, Trademark. He, he's the biggest fish out there, uh, especially. You know what? I still we talked about last week. I think he's going to Chicago. I really do. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Drouin, obviously, tight. we've been talking about. Not you know what's crazy though? Jonathan Drouin hasn't played a hockey yeah, game in like a doing? month. Like he's just been ripping shells. He's been so chilling right now, man. Doesn't it worry you as like you don't worry? Don't doing, worry about what Johnny's he's probably doing. doing. Like Mike Richards, actually. I don't know. I feel like whoever Mike Richards is playing beer league hockey right was before he got. Are you allowed? Yeah, but are you allowed to do that? Uh, you're not allowed, but I know guys do it all the time. Yeah. Like, supposed but Drew right now, like, there's no way he's just playing purely. Drew Ray's situation is totally. That's what I mean. Like, that's no, like, like, like Mike Richards can do it. He wasn't under a contract. I don't even know if he gets traded for this year. If he's gonna be playing at all this year, dude. Like, anyone who makes a move for him, obviously, is he's going to the NHL for a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then our last, our last guy is Mikel Bodker. Um, I know that we're kind of talking about him on TSN the other day. How he's. Kind of being undervalued, and I totally agree because we talked about him a lot this year about how this is a legitimate play, uh, like a legitimate fantasy guy who you can. And and I think it had more to do with the fact that he was in Arizona and they didn't have a lot to offer uh, outside of OEL, really, and then a couple, you know, the hot run, the hot start of Declare and Domi. Yeah, a couple flyers and and Declare and Domi, but I mean, Bodker's, you know, I would say their best forward right now. Yeah, I think you put Bodker in like a good position, and he's. Absolutely. He could absolutely tear up. He could be a beauty first line guy that gets plugged in. Like we mentioned, Chicago playing Richard Panic on the first wing right mm-hmm. line. Dallas. I was I was working Dallas. Dallas. Imagine him taking Patrick E's spot right now. Oh man, oh, I was working. It was funny. I was actually working on a on an article this morning, kind of just looking at all the rental players for the last couple years and what their actual like what you had to trade for them and what their actual production was and if they resign and. I'm only a couple years in, but like, honestly, rentals are not worth it, man. No, People like no, they're, not. they're not at all. Like the amount, like the percentage of players that like resign was Yogg's. like literally like less like, than twenty yeah. percent. Yeah, unless their name's Yogg. Unless you're like you have, unless you're like you have a legitimate shot at the Stanley Cup, and yeah, like I just, I, I mean, I mean, future. just as a Red Wings fan, like you look at Yanmark. Who's he's played a pretty prominent role with the Stars this year, and you got Backman who's in the AHL. I'm not looking at yeah, and then a pick for Eric Cole who's out of the NHL. Yeah, we can't make those trades, but just are, crazy how much the value of everyone gets driven up at the deadline. But anyway, Daniel Winnick, second round pick. There you go. He earned that. You oh, know that what? Was a little, that was a little. You know what? Before we go, I had, I actually want to say the one guy I like. If the Red Wings go after anybody, I want them to obviously go after. You know, a top two defenseman. No, 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 I'm not. A top two defenseman is what everybody wants. So. And, and, and those guys aren't available. The one guy I really want the Red Wings to get, and you'll love this. Pia Pinto, Leo Comer, Leo Comer, yeah, hundred percent. He would be perfect. We'll take your first round pick for him. Oh, I know that's why it'll never happen. Yeah. But anyways, he's got a lot of value too because he's not just a rental. He's got another year on the contract. Yeah, but he hasn't scored at all either. Like in the last. A little bit. He's like, not a goal scorer. No, know. I know, but that's why like, his value is like so high, that's and then he just good. and then he just didn't. That's why I'm score. trying to get rid of him. Right? Yeah, exactly. But ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. I hope you guys enjoyed. Obviously, the first half with the uh, Winged Wheel podcast again. Thanks, boys. Make sure you go check out thewingsnation.com. Yeah, I'm on there. Uh, these boys aren't on here, but these boys are coming to Daily Face Off real soon. Um, and then again, please subscribe. Let your friends know about the uh, the Daily Face Off podcast. We have fun bringing it to you every week, oh, yeah. and. Uh, we want to keep bringing it to you, so please keep listening, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. And then we will bring you guys, obviously, some more Blue Stones tracks in about 10 seconds. And you guys uh, you guys have anything else to offer here? Follow them on Spotify. Follow them on YouTube, Blue Stones. Follow us on Spotify. No, yeah. we don't have Spotify. Maybe <laughs> we should be Spotify. Spotify. I don't, think it's we fo- I don't have Spotify. I don't think it's Follow Have you heard Spotify, these But vocals? they're on Spotify. We could get on Spotify. They follow. Is it Follow? Yeah. Cool. You do. Yeah. But anyways. Way to be original, Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen.
It's been 17. Or, yeah, 17. 17. That's it's, great. It's been a lean time. That is brutal. It's been a lean 17. Enjoy. It's late. Thanks. Been a long time, been a long Folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season grab kleenex and face allergies head on planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.